Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, your weekly discussion of motoring news. This is episode 502 on Tuesday, the 29th of November, 2022. Hello, I'm Alan. Hello, I'm Andrew. And this week we'll be asking, if a crime did not happen, how can someone be convicted of it? We are curious why the mayor who wants a 15-minute city is considering banning some active travel. And we reminisce over sending off for parts brochures. But first, we start a few bits of (laughs) follow-up. This first bit, by the way, is our shift into becoming one of those crime podcasts that are so incredibly popular. All right. <laughs> God, I hate true crime as well. Oh, dear. Uh, well, okay, I'm going to begin with Gonegate. And this is the news not long after we said that Michael Taylor and his son had been transferred back to the US from Japan after an agreement between the two countries. And if we remember, they are the two that helped. Go and get out in a musical case from Japan to Istanbul and then on to Lebanon. Michael Taylor was serving the rest of his sentence, incarcerated sentence, in a US establishment. But he has now been released early because that was expected to be in January 2023. Mm -hmm. He's been released early thanks to the time he spent in Japan's penal colonies and good behaviour. Unsurprising, they get the chap back and they release him quickly. (laughs) Not a huge surprise there, but what there is a surprise is in the whole go and gate Carlos, go and what he did, what he didn't do, what was agreed, what wasn't agreed, and what people said and what people didn't say. Ah, then, well, I'm going to start just the headline. This is a very long Asia Times article. This is longer than this week's lunchtime read, I think. Uh, So do please, if this interests you, click through and read the story because it's quite something by Roger Roger Schreffler. But the headline is New Evidence Twist in Carlos Ghosn's Curious Case. And then the subheading is if former Nissan CEO violated Japan's financial reporting laws, then it was on the advice of in-house counsel and top executives. Essentially what this is saying is that new paperwork has come to light or has been uh, hunted down by Gohan's lawyers, showing that everybody knew that all of this had been agreed and also that it wasn't going to go into place until Carlos Gohan retired and left Nissan. Yep. The knock-on effect of that is, A, this wasn't a surprise, it was agreed, it wasn't embezzlement or anything like that, and B... He says, holding up a second finger, because that works really well on audio. And B, that quite frankly, none of it had been signed into action anyway by the board, who all knew. What had he done exactly? Uh, He hadn't done anything. And the interesting thing is the people that did claim that he was a naughty gentleman are the people who knew about this and uh, (laughs) were the ones who suggested it, stroke signed it off to the point where it then for it to be enacted, had to wait, as you said, until Ghosn retired, and then the board had to agree to make the payments that were suggested. Now, there were times along the line, it seems, when Ghosn got a bit stroppy that this was the case. Yeah. But all he did was get a bit stroppy. He didn't actually take any money. It didn't actually change anything. The board said, no, 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 this is how it is. You've got to wait. Yep. This is very strange indeed. I mean, this this is going to come back to bite 
some executives on the bottom quite hard. Well, not only that, but it was understood, even by Ghosn, that there was no guarantee he was going to get these payments anyway. Mm -hmm. There was no guarantee that the Nissan board was going to say, yes, we'll bring you back in an advisory role when you have retired. Mm -hmm. Like we said, this all had to be agreed after he retired, which never got to be because they arrested him beforehand. Now, Ghosn has filed criminal complaints in Lebanon, identifying four Nissan employees, Mm -hmm. plus the Latham lawyer, which was the firm that was doing the investigations that found all this information. Nissan knew this, or the executives knew this. The reason for that, by the way, is that the Nissan side, basically, there was a a series of coordinated raids, including on his place in Beirut, Mm -hmm. where they took like these 10 ring binders. Yep of information backup stuff that go and had. Uh, so Latham were the uh, lawyers that were doing the investigation, so they knew about it, and the Japanese prosecutors knew about it. And through omission and through not telling the truth, this information didn't come out in the trial, and Gones lawyers and the Asia Times only got access to this since. So this puts a whole different matter. So you, you what you have to realise as well is there was... Kelly has been found guilty over this information, which seems to suggest quite strongly that it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. How can he be guilty of something that didn't happen? As well as Ghosn didn't do it because nothing had been done or has been done. (laughs) Only this is what we might do. That's all that's happened is this is what we might do. Crazy stuff, really. Crazy stuff. Yeah. The Asia Times have done a fantastic job in keeping track of this entire issue. But there you go. So do click through on the show notes and read that because it is a hef- it's yeah. a chunky read, but it's good read, although scary. And also thanks yeah. to Michael Bonofsky and his new newsletter, Zigzag, for that because I found it through reading that. Do go find that and subscribe to it. It's very good. I thought I'd signed up for that as a Bonofsky fan. I thought I'd signed up for that, but I'll need to do it again just to make sure because I've never actually received one. Oh, and the next long saga, Andrew, is Arrival, isn't it? <laughs> yes. In Arrival's attempt to make it look like they're not a company that's imploding and about to go wrong, they have decided that their CEO will stand down and that their chairman will take up the role of CEO. To fill the place the chairman has left, the CEO will be now become the chairman. No, he's going to become the president. No. No, he's the he's chairman. chairman. Okay. But the president, who is also... <laughs> who is also head of strategy, has actually left. And it's he hasn't gone to a different seat on the boardroom table. Goodness me. So much reshuffling. You'd think they were Volkswagen. <laughs> Sorry, Volkswagen. <laughs> you make it so easy. Uh, yeah, it's... Oh, that's, not gonna, that's not going to calm any nerves. That's not going to help anyone because virtually the same team is still in charge being able to do virtually the same stuff. Yeah, well, much less of the weird stuff. So no buses, no whatever else is just vans built in Charlotte, North Carolina and focusing solely on the the US market. Yeah, good luck with that. Oh, I saw that Rivian outside again. Oh, yeah. Anybody who was following me on pick a social network these days, I've lost track. Then (laughs) uh, then that I posted a picture of, I did actually see the take a picture of the front of it yesterday i just haven't actually posted it yet but those rivians they, they look okay i mean some people have spotted them with sort of drls out and all sorts of stuff already but getting a fair old a fair old hit yeah proper work uh, yeah, proper usage yeah. Yeah. but they, they look the part they look slightly futuristic and all that yeah, yeah stuff, I, I, which I, is I, what arrival should be arrival should have been ahead of rivian yes if it hadn't have. spent its time faffing around with 
jets and all sorts of vanity stuff. projects. Yes. Anyway, as our US correspondent, do you want to take us to Germany? Yeah, well, that makes perfect sense, doesn't it? The ongoing continental cyber attack investigation, which crosses our interests of both tech and cars, the German security authorities have brought in the FBI to help in the investigation. So I don't know if that means that they're looking at it, maybe entering from a US angle to actually crack it and steal the company data that this all centers around. Well, some of the information that's apparently been harvested included budget investment strategy plans, as well as information relating to some of the customers. Hmm. And this, and as we remember when we first brought this up, at the time it happened, Continental said, oh, we've we've averted an issue. And then a week or so later going, well, when we say averted, what we meant is <laughs> some stuff has gone missing. I still feel that the phone line between Continental and their major customers will be red hot. Yes, not in a good way. Yeah, not in a good way. Anyway, I'm going to take us to London while we still can go there uh, in my non-compliant, or it is actually compliant, amazingly, 22-year-old car. But the ULES, the ultra-low emission zone, is now going to be expanded in a move that surprises absolutely no one who's been following this. It will now come to within the boundary of the M25. But Andrew, there was a consultation. Oh, a consultation. Yes, I've heard of those consultations. But don't forget, also part of the Transport for London's bailout package was to expand the ULES. Just remind us what the Mayor of London's office's own investigation and own port said about the impact on air quality in this new expanded area. Well, it said there would be negligible improvement in air quality, to which when the Mayor of London was questioned on this on camera, he said he did not recognise that information, which is the new way for politicians to say, I don't like what I'm hearing, so I'm choosing to ignore it. I assume that one of the reasons for making this so wide and then for making it so comprehensive is so that you can actually raise enough cash to actually pay for the fact that you put it around there because the whole aim is to raise the cash, not really to clean up the air. Yep. If the air is clean, that is a convenient byproduct of the cash raising. Yes, absolutely. Now, there has been obviously a reaction to this with um, what is to be expected, the fear that people will be ditching generally decent cars mm -hmm. through scrappage schemes, of which there will be uh, one in London coming in from January 2023 ahead of the ULES zone being expanded in August next year. Mm-hmm. But then there has been some question to that because uh, some commentators made the point that a lot of the non-compliant vehicles did get ditched in London and the surrounding areas when the other, well, when the first ULES zone came out, and then when the expansion only last October happened. <laughs> yeah. uh, so it's going to be any everything within the M25. So it doesn't touch the M25 itself, but anything inside it. I think if it touched the M25 itself, then there would be words. Probably. That would just be too much. Can you can you imagine? I've covered it. It's only on the M25. So you pull off into some services to grab a sandwich or something, and then you'd be stiffed for your £11 or whatever it is this week. But yes, uh, scrappage schemes coming in from Birmingham City Council, TfL, and Renault. Well-known city of Renault. Yes. <laughs> so there'll be a link to a Parker's article about that. Alan, do you want to take us to JLR? JLR has announced that it is going to be, uh, you know, after the executive reshuffle last week, JLR 
uh, has announced that it's reducing its production at UK factories until the spring. Some may say that that will be quite an impressive feat. It still cannot source the semiconductors quickly enough to meet the demand for its new Range Rover Sport and Range Rover models, as well as the, the new Defender. But of course, that's not built in the UK. That's built in Slovakia, he says, doubting himself. Nothing that's right, yep. It's the knock-on effect to everybody who works for JLR and stuff. That, that's that's the worrying bit for me, rather than, oh dear, we'll have fewer Range Rovers on the road. Yeah, and it, it reiterates the point that we made when the, three weeks ago I think it is now, because we've had a JLR story every week now, hmm. but three weeks ago when their much reduced losses were announced, but they still mentioned that semiconductor was an issue, mm-hmm. particularly in the last quarter, and you said, going, well, this is not new now. Many others seem to be getting around it better than JLR is. So what is going on? I saw someone having a grumble about it on Twitter the other, yesterday. It's like whenever you try to phone up somewhere and they say, you know, and it's all because of the pandemic, we're experiencing high levels of calls. And you think, really, it's been going like this for two and a half years. What's the big deal here? Why have you not worked this one out? Yeah, exactly. And I feel that actually JLR and semiconductors is very much in the, in the same kind of kind of area shall we move on yes i'm going to move us on from the last story to leicester and uh, anyone who's listened to us for a while will know that they were going to bring in a workplace parking levy mm-hmm. however when they announced the consultation which is what we re- um, reported on they have had the responses back to that and what's happened is that so many of the responses have been whoa you have looked at the economy, haven't you? Mm-hmm. You have seen the cost of living. You have seen how everything's going up. Can you please not do this? And in an amazing turn of events, particularly in Britain, particularly when it comes to local councils, they said that they have listened to the comments that came back and that there is, and I'm quoting here from Deputy City Mayor Councillor Adam Clark saying, uh, we cannot implement a, a WPL, the workplace parking levy, during the this ongoing national cost of living crisis, which is causing such uncertainty and concern for so many people and businesses in our city, they've held back on it. I don't. They will no doubt want to bring this in when things improve. <laughs> Hopefully, that's not long uh, for the whole country. But it's great to see that sometimes when you do make comments to a consultation, it is genuinely listened to. Yeah, they got 4,000 responses in 12 weeks, which is pretty good going for one of these consultations. Yeah, and looked at the knock-on effects as well of introducing it if people couldn't really pay it. A really interesting article on transportextra.com. Alan, you haven't been there for a while, but do you want to take us to France? No. Yes, I would love to take you to France. In France, little. I was almost going to say supermarket giant little, but you all know what little is. Supermarket little is going to, uh, it's already opened its first own brand electric car charging station in France. The site is near Lyon. Uh, it offers 360 kilowatt charging at 35 pence or 40 euro cents per kilowatt hour. That compares to Ionity, for example. Uh, which is 60 pence per kilowatt hour uh, for the same speed in France. They also offer 90 kilowatt, 180 kilowatt charging for 40 cents, or 22 kilowatt charging for 22, uh, for 25 cents. Sorry, I'm getting my currencies mixed up as I go through this. For 25 cents or 22 pence per kilowatt hour. 
There are 10 charging bays. They're all sheltered. They're undercover and they're lit so that it feels safe and accessible and you're not going to get absolutely covered in rain. They've got solar panels to supplement the electricity. Um, yeah, I think we're going to see that quite a lot at French supermarkets. Little has built and operating the charge station itself uh, instead of going via a partner. So in the UK, little charging stations are operated by Podpoint. For a 50 kilowatt charge, you'll pay 40 pence per kilowatt hour. Sometimes SI units are wonderful, by the way. Just sometimes I wish they were more pronounceable. <laughs> there are another two at least planned already. Well, no, there's the many. Pardon me. Uh, there's three planned to three more planned to open in December at Londivisio, Les Pen Mirabeau, and Tourcoing. And then in 2023, there's going to be another couple in Nîmes, so right down the south, and Croissy Beaubourg, which is just to the east of Paris. They're not just focusing in one area of France, they are spreading them out across the country. It's good to see. Oh, by the way, that new charging point, Villefranche-sur-Saône, if you happen to be in France, that's in Burgundy, and it opened on the 21st of November, so it'd still be all shiny and lovely. <laughs> Sticking with France, I'm going to take us to Paris, actually. And the news that the mayor there is considering not just the three tenders that are out at the moment with Dot, Lime and Tier to operate rental e-scooters, but also whether to ban them completely well, she establishes whether they are actually a danger to pedestrians and other road users. For example, there are lots of claims of them going on pavements and for people scared to try and cross the road. But uh, how real that is, not sure. I don't know. How how different is that from being in Paris anyway? Well, you know, that's, I was going to say I'm... that I was curious because, uh, and I did want to speak to you about this, because I, you know, all cliches about it, it's not exactly a walk in the park to be a pedestrian and actually Paris. quite a lot of walking in france is being is a walk in the park but yeah in paris is a walk in the park but never mind the three companies dot lime and tier as i said they have put forward 11 points of improvement uh, some of which mm -hmm. they've already brought in themselves including things like putting license plates better geofencing so they, they can't be driven on pavements although I think there was only one company we saw at Move that could possibly get that close-ish to that yes. sort of technology. People will be banned uh, if they repeatedly violate the highway code. I, I'm amazed that isn't one of the T's and C's already, but there we go. And also to fund camera technology to detect violations. Always the way, isn't it? Let's throw technology yeah. at us. That's a problem we've doubt. made. <laughs> Uh, but what, why this is really interesting is because the mayor of Paris has repeatedly and loudly shouted about how fantastic 15-minute cities are, and this would cut down one of the options for making a 15-minute city work. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, yeah, one of the other ones that really got me I was uh, uh, and definitely made my fingers twitch to grab hold of my tinfoil hat was that they said that they would prevent or educate to and then start to prevent people from taking them on very short journeys where walking would be better. That is really not clever to hear 
at all. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're saying to people, we don't want you to drive, I, c- I can understand that in a built-up area and others. I can understand that. But to then say, sorry, you can't use a scooter. Well, there's lots of things that you can't. I mean, you can't take the scooters in a park anyway. So what's next? Do you ban bicycles because occasionally they go on the pavement or something or they don't stop at a red light? Yeah, well, that's it. That's the thinking that follows along. I'm curious about this because I'm just having a quick poke and I'm employed by a French company, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. What's curious about this is that none of the three companies operating in Paris are French. DOT is Dutch. It is a kind of slightly Dutch-French partnership. TIA is Austrian and LIME is American. I do wonder if there's going to be a general closing down of all of these six-month wait and then all of a sudden there's another e-scooter, the single e-scooter company appears which happens to be Paris-based. <laughs> which is a terrible, cynical thing for me to say, but, you know, French protectionism is French protectionism. Yes. Much as I am a huge <laughs> Francophile, and I will defend France quite vehemently on occasion, I do notice that none of these are French companies. Uh, that is unusual in France, to have such a a high-profile contract, especially in the mobility space. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if all of a sudden there was a, some sort of Alstom-developed scooter being run by a by be, being run by some offshoot of SNCF uh, suddenly appears on the streets of Paris. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's there. I mean, remember Paris already, actually, when it comes to shared mobility and all that kind of stuff, Things like the the Autolibs, they were very much ahead of their time. They do seem to be dialing that back a bit now, ever since the death of the Autolib. Yeah. Through vandalism, just people not treating them correctly, and them getting ruined by others who are not users of the service. And and I do wonder if if they're a little bit careful that this doesn't happen to the e-scooters as well i'm sure they're a bit bored of dredging them out of the canal saint martin for example mm. so let's just see where that goes but on the other hand if, if there was a general shutdown and then a six-month pause and then all of a sudden there was a new company started introducing them wouldn't be hugely surprised because i'm a terrible cynic <laughs> no I could, I could easily see that easy to say that i think that's the end of the first part though alan it is. Yes, it's Guilt Minute, the quick break in show where we ask for a tad of financial support to keep the lights on the hosting running. If you feel the motoring podcast is worth a small consideration every month, then you can become a patron. Different levels of patron include different levels of commitment from us to you, including being able to watch the show recorded live. We also have a small range of merchandise in our spring store, from stickers to mugs and t-shirts. And if you don't have any spare cash, and we completely do understand, then you can help us by following for free from a podcast player to receive every show as they're released, and by liking and rating the show in whatever way your podcast supplier lets you. If you've done all of that, and some of you do, and hello, by the way, to new patrons and patrons who have upped and twiddled their patronage amounts recently, it is noticed, thank you. Then the last thing you can do, of course, is to recommend us to your friends or colleagues. Yes, thank you, everyone. WRC News-ish. <laughs> it is WRC-ish news, and for some reason it seems to have fallen to me. I'm not quite sure exactly why. But there's a film about uh, Michel Mouton. French, ah, that's why it landed with me. It's the French pronunciations, isn't it? The only female to win a round of the World Rally Championship. It's called Queen of Speed. It was released in 2021, so you've probably already heard of it. You may even already have seen it. But the important thing here is that it has won 
uh, an international Emmy for the best sports documentary title. So yes, it won that in in New York uh, just this week. Fantastic. Well done. Congratulations. Congratulations. And if you haven't seen it, it is still available to watch on Catch Up via Sky TV, or if you have Now TV in the UK, you can download it and watch it there. As a quick, I, I don't know if you covered it last week, but but sadly last week we lost Sue Baker, automotive journalist, lovely person, just the other week for, to motor neuron disease. There is a segment from BBC Breakfast Time way back in the day where she, already a, a rally co-driver, was driven around by Michel Mouton. And it is quite something. If you do look that up in, on YouTube, it, it's quite fantastic. It's Michel Mouton, Sue Baker, and yeah, and BBC Breakfast Time. If you, you search for those terms, you should you should find it. And it is it is quite something. Yep. New, new, new car news. Yes, quite a bit of new, new car news now that Alan's back. Uh, the first bit is the Genesis Expedium Coupe and convertible concepts so that fills out the x concepts to three now so if you include the ice version that was released a couple of years ago i think it mm-hmm. is now but these are very much focused on electric and uh, they take that into account and the front ends and as such are designed that way and they look generally fabulous there are four seater luxury coupe and convertible way of getting around think lexus lc yes that's the closest thing i can think of in terms of in terms of just of of the sort of format um and (laughs) the the style and all these kind of things they are hyundai kia genesis they're all knocking it out of the park right now as far as aesthetics go yeah and these don't let down. These were definitely one of the highlights of the LA Auto Show that's on. I think it's just finished. I think it finishes today. It's the last day. There wasn't that much to announce from there. There was the new Prius, what we're not getting because everybody buys Corolla hybrids here anyway. And there were this. And those were really the only two stories out of the LA Auto Show. Mm. But this is absolutely gorgeous with its sort of triangular gri- triangular grill space. Space triangular form on the front. How's about that? Yes. And the lights extending through the front wheel arch and then just just lovely. Really nice. If you've not seen pictures of it, I'm sure you must have seen by now because it was, uh, we were paying to talk about this a little while ago. It, it really is quite something and rather cool. And, and it fits in with the whole current aesthetic. If there was, it would be great to see this turned into a production car. Yes. So next up is another, it's not quite a concept, is it? Because there's going to be 50 of them. It's the BMW 3.0 CSL limited special edition 50th anniversary BMW M's celebrating thing. And I'm sorry, give me that Genesis we've just talked about ahead of this any day. I find it very difficult to have any enthusiasm for this whatsoever. It's essentially an M4 with a different front clip with a wider grill. Um, and then it's got some sort of cladding stuck on down the side, like some sort of Batman or some sort of superhero. And then it's got a sort of 
rear spoiler tacked on in the same style to look like the three liter CSL. Then it's got the upper spoiler, which it doesn't really need, but it looks like the three liter CSL. And I just don't have, I mean, you can tell from my tone and I don't really care. I just don't really get it. It's not, the original one was a homologation special to go racing. This isn't, this is just, I don't know, a way to raise well into six six figures, I'm sure, for each car. I don't really care about it that much. I'm sure it's wonderful. There's only 50. Nobody's going to get to drive it. They're all going to go into collections. Nah. It was surprising the amount of pant wetting that went on of excitement for this, which I just... It, it Why? Misses Sorry. me by... Well, I think one of the main reasons was because it had a manual gear stick and everyone there was going all gooey about it. And he's like, well, yeah, but it's incredibly cynical one that puts me right off so i the cynicism is a, is a complete and total turn off on this give me a, i'd much rather have an m4 yeah or an m440i extra yeah the look of it is <laughs> i i have worried about bmw styling for some time but this is some of the worst they have produced it's the pastiche bit that annoys me by the way it's this will and give if it, it wasn't yeah on that point if it didn't have the batmobile classic batmobile M colours and stripes everywhere, I think people would react incredibly different to it. It's just it's just awful. Yeah, it's gonna have a ton of power, 522, 552 brake horsepower, manual gearbox, blah 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 blah. Yeah, so what? Honestly, so what? Price tag that's well into seven figures. Come on. The only thing you can waste your money on more than that's Twitter. <laughs> I'm not a fan. I'm sorry. I should love it. I should love it. But I'd 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 rather have an M340i Touring, to be perfectly honest. There we are. Anyway, if you've got one on order, well done. I'm sure you'll love it. It's not for me. Far more to my taste, though, a Bath 500e. Yes, this is... Well, again, this was announced at the LA Auto Show and is part of Stellantis trying to get into the US, <laughs> not Still. via Jeep. They have announced the Abarth Fiat 500e. It's going to give 155 horsepower, 0 to 60 in 7 seconds, plus the promise of real on-track ability, according to this Motoring Research article. There's a lot of extra stuff they're going to throw in as well. I mean, it is based on the 500e electric city car, which by all accounts is a great little vehicle, 199 miles absolute maximum range. But then if you're just in the city, 199 is going to be fine. Uh, 42 kilowatt engine, or 42 kilowatt battery, sorry, engine. Battery pack. So therefore, it's not going to be overly heavy because they've kept that down. They have at least seen that. I presume that's because of size has constrained that. Otherwise, I would imagine there's a size batteries. (laughs) But this will come with the the ability to, uh, or the first car that's going to make noises. It's going to replicate the noise of petrol-powered baths. Uh, Okay, (laughs) that's basically what it's going to do. Also, a strumming guitar sound whenever the Abarth exceeds 12 mile an hour. I don't know if that's in cabin or for everyone outside the cabin. I don't care. That's the thing. I love it. There's going to be a Scopionissima. Scop- sorry, pardon me. Scopionissima Special Edition, which is going to... Production limited to 1,949 units. 
I assume that's to do that's a that's a relevant date. Um, buyers can pick poison blue or searing acid green paintwork with contrasting side graphics and 18-inch diamond cut alloy wheels. Blah blah. Alcantara sports seats, fixed glass roof in the hatchback, tinted windows, and a ten and a quarter inch touchscreen. I like it. And that range, do you know what? That range would do me quite easily for a week here mm -hmm. without issue. Yeah, I, I really like it. Okay. Very much my thing. Cool. No idea on price, though, yet. That has to be confirmed. Well, so we'll It's not going to be seven one. figures, so there's a win. Yes. Do you want to take us to uh, old car dead news? I still don't know why you <laughs> this included... This ever-increasing segment that will be coming to the show. <laughs> I don't know why you included this, because, quite frankly, nobody's going to care, because I don't think really anybody bought one anyway. Well, not one of our listeners, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've... <laughs> Well, they won't be a listener for much longer. So Volkswagen has uh, removed the Touareg R from the UK lineup. It's been on sale in the UK for 18 months. It cost £71,995. It was Volkswagen's most powerful model and the only electrified R model. It had an output of 156 brake horsepower from its plug-in hybrid 3-litre petrol V6. 456 brake horsepower. I'm sorry, what did I say? I, I, I'm, 100. <laughs> oh, no, I'm so sorry. Uh, that was, yes, what I was reading and what came out of my mouth were different. 456 horsepower. You can still get a Touareg that's not an R with one of two 3-litre turbocharged V6s or a 3-litre petrol V6 but they put out a mere 335 horsepower. Volkswagen have only sold half the number of Touaregs in 2022 so far than they did in, 2020, in the entirety of 2021, with only 1,018 cars registered. I can't imagine how few of those were the R's. I don't really ever see them. They're nice. I've driven one. We've got one locally, an R. It's all in black that's been murdered out on top of that. Multiple. And it is absolutely enormous. Is, is this, this, yeah. The thing is that you, why do you buy it? You buy it because the Audi Q7 isn't on your company car list. Yeah, it must be. That's it really, isn't it? Mm. I don't really get why, why people are yeah. going to buy it unless they've got a real need for towing. Uh, one last story in this little bit. The shortlist is out for the European car of the year. Any that we can buy? <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, do you want to run through them? Yes. To quickly run through all the ones that you may or may not be able to actually buy, we have the Jeep Avenger, the Kia Nero, the Nissan Aria, the Peugeot 408, the Renault Austral. Aus Austral? Is that how you pronounce it? I don't it? know. Wouldn't know if it jumped up and slapped me in the face. No. The Subaru Solterra, stroke Toyota BZ4X, and the Volkswagen ID Buzz. So you can buy a Kia Nero. The ID buzzes are probably sold out. The 408's that sort of, the thing that everybody said, oh, it's not an SUV. And you look at the pictures and you go, that's an SUV coupe, isn't it? <laughs> um, you can't, I don't know. Uh, you, 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 can can buy, you can buy, buy the Toyota, but you have they started it. deliveries yet? I don't think so. So yes, so as ever, it, 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 it's not really related to reality in these things. I've heard really nice things about Jeep Avenger. Kia Nero is anyway by Nissan Arias. Everyone's like, eh, it's all right. I've been paying zero attention to the Peugeot 408 and the Renault Austral. Toyota and the Subaru, fine, but they haven't started the deliveries really. 
because no. of teething troubles and Volkswagen ID bars, everybody goes, oh, it's a van. And then they go, oh, it's not quite as, it's not as practical as we thought it was going to be. But it looks nice. Mm. I don't think there's a particularly, there's no standout choice for me here. No. I say no, there's, there's not an obvious. Not an obvious. Uh, I think the one that might win it because it gets many faults. I think it could go to the ID bus. Mm. I don't know that I like that as being that choice. But then you could have some stealth ones coming Persia. through, like the Jeep, stealth, of, Jeep Persia. Of, stealth Persia or Stealth Jeep Avenger. Because everybody's mm. saying nice things about the Avenger when they, they're not really in a position to have to yeah. or to feel obliged to. Yeah. But we'll keep you updated when the results of that come out. Anyway. <laughs> Now on to recommendations, or even more recommendations, because we're always recommending in our show notes. But yes. this this is uh, the Lunchtime Read, Alan. It is uh, Lunchtime Read, Haggerty, common source for us, because they write really good stuff for Lunchtime Reads and lists and stuff. A uh, 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 friend of the show, Paul Cowland, uh, is writing on the British grit and determination oil lamps required for the London to Brighton veteran car run. It's a six-minute read according to the site. It's rather cool. It's all about doing it, basically. I don't know a better way of, of explaining it. Yeah, he took part in this year's, and it was really very grim weather indeedy. Mm. <laughs> it went, instead of, because normally it's this glorious clear day, usually. Well, it brightens up. It starts off, it always starts off in fog. This year, it was very Britain in November weather. <laughs> It whittled down with rain. And these people are driving nineteen uh, pre-1905 vehicles as well, so it's not like they've got heated seats, lovely steering wheels, aircon set, just so. In fact, the one that Paul was driving doesn't even have a steering wheel. It has a steering tiller. <laughs> oh, so. wow. But yes, do read and look at the pictures as well, because you just get to see the madness of vehicles back then. Particularly hardcore, yeah. Wonderful yeah. stuff, wonderful stuff. It's one of those things I would, I still would love to go see the start of it. I've yeah. been in, I've been and parked in the car park the day before, where they've mm -hmm. all been sort of lined up and all ready to go the next morning, so, and it's it's fantastic. So yeah, looking forward to that. Right, I'm going to take us to the list of the week, and this is thanks to Top Gear. That's another Top Gear top nine, and this is the best car pedals ever, Alan. I struggled when I went through this. I'm not going to tell you my choice because there's only nine, but I really struggled when I went through this. I went through it. Mm, 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 mm. And I, I'm sort of... There is a case for each one of them. There is a, a case, case for each one of them. But, but in the end, my my winner, because I, I love a good extrusion, uh, is a Lotus Elise. Okay. Nice piece of extruded aluminium there and then uh, trimmed a machine down to size. Love it. It's just, it's the whole pedal is one piece. Extrusion is a very good, clever way of, of making even quite complex forms. So yes, love it. Lotus good Elise choice. wins. Do click through on the show notes uh, and don't forget, tell us if you agree with Alan or which ones you would prefer. And then I'll... Once you've done all that, I will confirm my choice on social media because I actually have to narrow it down. I've still got two that I'm fighting myself over. <laughs> it depends whether, in this list, it's kind of funny. It depends whether you want artistry or engineering is kind of how it splits out really between the yeah. two. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, you can probably guess some of the stuff that's on the list, but then there's a couple of left field ones as well. 
Right, do you want to take us back to the 80s, Alan? And finally, yeah, this is fantastic. Uh, so, uh, again, from, from Haggerty, uh, and this is a 1980s Compomotive alloy wheel advert. And there's some cool stuff on there. And if you look, there's a picture of the advert. There's just some very cool wheels and some lovely cross spokes. And it's the ability. What it, what it is for me is it really does take me back to the 80s of the ability to cut a coupon out Mm-hmm. send a pound to someone and they will send you a catalogue with all of these for you to spend hours gawping at and yeah. other stuff besides if you were so inclined <laughs> the catalogue costs you one pound uh, which is refundable but you can also for a non-refundable one pound ask for a copy of the Compromotive full colour girly poster and that one pound includes postage and packing so there we go that's that's the Compromotive full colour girly poster is also available size 33 inches by 23 inches should you wish unfortunately i think that that offer has probably passed yes yes <laughs> but very very cool uh, have a little bit of a look have a look at the uh, uh have a look at it. it it's just the wheels that are list that, that are shown there some I, I think there's a, a couple of ferrari ones or certainly ferrari style alpina styles as well um teledial is in there i think it's a three-spoke hiding and all multi-part wheels very very cool awesome really good yes yeah. It points out it's too late to send a quid to Compromotive for that poster. <laughs> <sighs> Those were the days. Different times, Alan. Absolutely. No particular parish notes this week. Nope. Thank you for listening. Suffering the misnumbering. I still haven't worked out quite how that happens, but I'm just leaving it with Andrew from now on. If we've sort of had a reset, we must have miscounted at some point. But but hey, that's a 0.2%. It's a 0.2% error rate. That's not too bad, really, is it? <laughs> As we said, as we always say when we talk about these things, that's rounding. It is. It is definitely <laughs> within a rounding era. That's quite bad. Uh, thank you, everyone, so much for suffering us for 500-ish uh, shows. And um, so we, we, we love doing this. We are glad that so many of you enjoy it as well and let us know that you enjoy it and all these kind of good things. Yep, absolutely. But before getting on and gushing too much, don't forget that between now and next week, give us any feedback. Share your thoughts with the show at Motoring Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, on Facebook, and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com, the hub of all our activities. Remember, you can support us financially via Patreon, and please leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing. Andrew, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Best way to get in touch with me is via Twitter. If you search for Crack Windscreen, you'll find me there. And if you do find me there and you're interested, you can click on my profile and you'll see my Mastodon account address in there if Mastodon is a thing for you. And Alan, if people would like to get in touch with you personally? Uh, Twitter as well for the time being. Uh, Like Andrew, if you do click on my profile, there is a link to the Mastodon username as well, just so that we've got a, a backup should everything come crashing down like a Tesla on full self-driving on a busy motorway. <laughs> uh, but enough of that. Of course, we'll be back very soon. But until then, I've been Alan Bradley. I've been Andrew Clues. And safe motoring.